Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. I want to talk to you today about the second calling of a pastor, which is the great ancient calling of husbandry. Let's pray. Father, I need your help. Holy Spirit, point us to Christ as we talk about what it means to be a husband. And I ask that uh, you would just help us during this time. I trust that you will. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, not every pastor is married, but most pastors are. If you are not a pastor, I want to challenge you today to find relationships in your life that challenge you and push you and require you to face your own insufficiencies, your own dependence rather than your independence. Find relationships that push you um, spiritually, that push you out of yourself rather than further into yourself, and they push you to live for the flourishment of other people. You can find this in your local church, you can find this uh, with friends, but you need to find this with your elder body. You've got to find this with somebody uh, where you're, you're being challenged outside of yourself rather than just living for yourself. But most men that are pastors are married, and so I want to specifically talk to you today about this great calling of husbandry, and I want to talk about it from Ephesians chapter 5, and it's a famous passage. You guys are familiar with it, I'm sure. You've probably preached sermons about this and talked about the role of biblical manhood and womanhood. You've probably used this verse for weddings when you've officiated weddings, or this at least verse is, but I just want to read it and then pull out a couple things and consider the pastor as a married man, as a husband. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present to the church the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ in the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let her and let the wife see that she respects her husband. As Christ loved the church, husbands, this great call is quite the call indeed. Uh, there's a couple things, like I said, I want to pull out of here. First, we are to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Two things that we see in verse 25, we see unconditional love and we see particular love. Number one, unconditional love. How did Christ love the church? Well, unconditionally, without condition. God loves you right now apart from any condition that's found within you. The condition is God simply loves you. Jesus loves his bride. He came to rescue his bride, and he loves her without condition. The charge for us as, as men in the home is to love our wives without laying conditions down upon them. Baby, if you'll do this, I'll do that. I'll scratch your back if you scratch my back, or if you'll scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. Kind of nonsense. The call of husbandry is to love our wives, period, regardless of what they do or do not do. If they respond to our sacrificial, wonderful love or not, <laughs> I mean, uh, goodness, um, that's the call. How are we to Jesus as men? And how is God 
to us. God is so gracious to us. When our wives, um, when we're fighting or arguing or whatever, and we're frustrated with our wives, she's given you a wonderful case study of how you are to God. And yet God is patient with you and kind. And so the call for us is to love our wives unconditionally. And secondly, it's a particular love. Jesus loved his bride, the church. Um, It would be a strange thing if we are told, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves everybody the exact same way. There is not a wife in this world that would feel honored if their husband looked at her and said, baby, I love you just like I love every other woman in this world. No, the call is a particular love. The aim of our affection towards our wives is specific to our wives, and it's not for other women. So we don't have wondering eyes. We don't have uh, critical thinking that goes out toward other women. Our thinking, our best of our thought life, our best of our pursuits goes to our, goes to our wives, our particular love. In this passage, then, we find that Jesus sanctifies, he cleanses his bride, he sanctifies her. It goes on in verse 26, in cleansing her by the washer, washing of the water with the word. So the husband, therefore, is called to fight for his wife's sanctification. Fight for her spiritual growth. Find ways to give the word to her that honors her and that does not demean her. You know, when we wash our wives with the water of the word, we're not asking her to sit down and us bring a lesson to her. But we're finding creative ways, and I'm still learning to do this. I'm in the same boat as you are. I'm trying to find creative ways to talk about the Bible with my wife and, you know, wash her and encourage her and help her to grow spiritually. And there's a, I mean, there really is an art to that. It's an easy thing to talk to our wives in the way that we want to be talked to, but to talk to our wives in a way that is best for her requires study. It requires prayer. It requires conversation. So we're fighting for their spiritual growth. growth, And we are fighting also and living for, existing for, fighting, living, and existing for her purity. Jesus' life and his aim and his uh, uh, what he will do is purify the church. He's purifying us. And then in verse 28, we're told that we're to love our wives as our own bodies. Now, it's interesting. I've heard pastors talk about this before and say, well, how do you love your body? And that's how you'll end up loving your wife. If you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to take care of her. That's actually has nothing to do with what the passage says or what the passage means. We're not to love our wives as we love our own bodies, but we are to love our wives as our own bodies. So as if, because we are one flesh, we love her as if she is our body, because we are the same body. We're one flesh. So this isn't asking, husband, do you eat well and do you exercise? This is asking and calling us to see her as our own body. So here's the deal. If your wife has struggles, they are not her independent struggles. They're yours. Don't ask her to give those away to her girlfriends or to her, you know, for the ladies at church or the elders' wives. You know your wife more intimately than anybody else, not just physically, but spiritually and emotionally. That's our, that's our charge. Love her as our own bodies. Her difficulties are your difficulties. Her challenges are your challenges. Her joys you get to share in as your joys. And the, there's a converse effect here too, because the, the husband and wife both, um, we can get from the Bible, I think, um, although men are never called to, or wives are never called to submit to their wives, God did give them to us because we need help. We are deficient 
and we are not one flesh apart from our spouses. We need our wives, and we together help each other grow, and we're like that holy sandpaper for one another. So we need we need each other desperately as their own bodies. Now, um, here's my hope for you husbands, and here's my hope for myself. And it is not in you husbands, and it is not in myself. There is a really powerful key to this passage that unlocks some really good news for us in this whole area of husbandry. And it's in verse 30. Because we are members of his body, this great statement in verse 30, this great truth that you and I, husbands, we are members of the body of Christ. Now, this is odd, but we need to be comfortable with being called the bride of Christ. I know But the husband must, in some sense, embrace a bride identity if we're going to understand the gospel correctly. And again, sounds weird. I get it. But it's there. We are the bride of Christ. And what does Jesus do for his bride? If we are members of his body, then that means husband, Christian husbands are a member and pastor husbands are a member of Christ's body. So what is Jesus doing for you, pastor husband? Well, He gave himself for you. He loved you unconditionally and particularly, as he does right now. He is sanctifying you. He is cleansing you with the washing of the water with the word. He is working to present you to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And you're going to stand before a holy God without blemish, spot or wrinkle. This is how Jesus has loved you. So the key, the gospel key to marriage and to husbandry is experiencing as the bride of Christ, Jesus's tender, loving care of us. How is Jesus loving you right now? Well, if we'll press into God's love for us in Christ, it will help us grow in this area of being a husband. Pastor, before you're a pastor, you were a Christian, and then you're a husband. Take up this noble call of husbandry. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.